Welcome to Cora, the Conversations podcast. Join us as we listen to stories, share ideas, and chat about life in all its complexity and glory. The power of prayer resonates, I have no doubt at all, in my mind in relation to that. And it even happened to Kevin and myself many years ago when our daughter was very unwell. In this episode, the first in our Sparks of Hope series, Trisha Rainsford chats with Marie and Kevin Kew about prayer, spirituality and interconnectedness. The Kews share their thoughts on how and why connecting with each other and with our spiritual natures is vital for our well-being. Along the way, Kevin and Marie explain why they believe that these connections offer energy, insight, solace and most of all, hope. I'm really happy to welcome Marie and Kevin Kyo who have come along to chat with us today about prayer. You're very welcome folks. Fantastic to have you here on Cora. Hello, how are you doing? Hi Trish, how are you? So maybe to begin with, you, you might just share some of your general thoughts about prayer, your insights, your reflections and generally what you think about prayer. The importance of prayer is a time in your day when you're sitting and you're contemplating and you're reflecting. It's a prayerful attitude that you bring in to your prayerful state. It isn't just going and saying, sitting down, opening a book and reading it, because then you're just reading a prayer, which is okay in its own right. But sometimes I think we have to go a little bit deeper and going a little bit deeper means just maybe relaxing into your prayerful state. In doing so, then you find that level of calmness that you wouldn't or maybe not normally find if you're just saying your prayers because you have to say your prayers. In that state, then you kind of bring on other levels of being. Your aspirations or your contemplations kind of come up to the fore. So it's kind of like a meditative state that we can bring in and then we relax into it even more and more. There is your connection with the higher power. That's such an interesting reflection, Marie. It's such a, an interesting way to look at it, to see yourself as connecting in that way. What about you, Kevin? How do you see prayer? Well, when I pray, I, I need to get into an atmosphere of the ambience of the place I'm praying to be able to connect with the higher power, you know, and to get myself in a state of contemplation and to uh, pick the proper prayers I think will be appropriate for that time when I'm praying, you know. And I find if I'm distracted... I feel the prayers aren't connecting. If your mind is somebody, somewhere else, you need to have the, a clear mind and focus on what you're doing, you know? Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Again, the idea of connection and focus. Prayer is a connection. If you don't connect a certain time of the day or whatever, you feel you've missed something, you know, that certain kind of food that you need. Like it, it gets you going for the day, I think. Um, if I feel I haven't prayed, I feel I've missed something during that day. Like if you forgot to eat or something. or Also, the fact is, if you have a friend or family member that you're in touch with on a regular basis, you know, we all connect in with each other. We also need to connect in to that level of prayerful attitude because that is so important because that's what feeds us. It feeds our spirit. It feeds our soul. It feeds us in a way that we think outside of ourselves because normally, you know, life gets takes over and we sometimes forget about things that we need to be doing for the higher good or for the betterment of those around us as well. That's so interesting. I really love the idea of that connection and the whole idea of prayers being sort of 
kind of vital, like food. Do you guys think that um, that the words that we use when we pray are important? Does it matter what we say? It's in the words that we use, we digest them and we feel them in our bodies and in our thoughts and in our minds and in our kind of emotional state. So sometimes you can read from a prayer book or do readings that really resonate with you. And sometimes you might be maybe very upset over something that's going on in your day or your situation and you mightn't be able to pray. And therefore, then you would just use your own words like, you know, God, please help me or whatever it would be. But that comes from a very deep place as well within us because we're kind of like crying out for help and support. And what do you think about praying, you know, in times of trouble? Like when people are sick and things like that. We're, we're giving a lot of prayers, uh, like the healing prayers, and which are powerful prayers, you know, to help them. And when people are sick, we find when we say these prayers, it sends out a healing to these people, you know. I visualise those prayers and people are saying them, literally going out like a breeze out into the atmosphere, connecting with people around the city, around the country, around the world that need it, even including animals as well, because there's so much heartache in relation to what's going on. For that reason, I visualise all that that's going up and that connects us, I think, into a very powerful place. It's a lovely image, isn't it? The idea of a breeze wafting prayers and blessings all around the place. It's fantastic. I don't know much about this. You guys probably do know more about it than I do, but I, I do recall that there have been some studies done on people who have benefited from strangers praying for them, you know, where they've picked individuals in coronary care units or intensive care units and they've asked absolute strangers to pray for them and the patients involved haven't known that anybody is praying for them and they have found the difference in outcomes when people are prayed for. Have you guys read or seen anything about that? From research that I've done in the past in relation to prayer and prayerful attitude, I know that there was a lot of research done, say, in the 70s and 80s in relation to the power of prayer and the power of prayer, even in group settings, to help those that need prayers. So that's why a kind of a prayer list is very important as well. So people would ask me, you know, if their daughter or their son or whoever a family member might need prayers, they might say to me, would you add them onto your prayer list? And that I would. So my prayer list can be very long sometimes and not so long at other times. But then as in a group setting, when we're praying for particular people, the power of prayer resonates. I have no doubt at all in my mind in relation to that. And it even happened to Kevin and myself many years ago when our daughter was very unwell. We were distraught because there was a lot of a lot of medical issues going on. Our heads were all over the place and we had to go up to Dublin and we had to, you know, she had to go in and have st- stuff done. But we were there and we were distraught in ourselves and didn't know where to go and what to do. We went to bed that evening and we woke up the following day and it was like as if there was a massive, massive bolt had hit both of us as insofar as there was a massive weight lifted from our both of us it was extraordinary we didn't know what it was we looked at each other and we were saying what has happened here you know i I feel as though something has happened it was only until a laugh afterwards when we came back home we realized that people all over the country were saying prayers for us And I have no doubt in my mind that that contributed to where we were because we were so bad up to that point. And we were, you know, we didn't know what was happening. And then all of a sudden, you know, 
there was release without you knowing without us being aware we didn't know people were praying for us we hadn't a clue we didn't even ask for people to pray for us because everything had happened so fast that we just had to go and that was it. So we hadn't time. We stayed above in the hospital. They left to stay there overnight and all the rest of a few nights. But that happened on the night and it was astonishing. And I remember that I'd look out the window and people were living normally. Everybody was going in their normal state. And I was in a state of, and Kevin I'm sure as well, it was like slow motion. We were living in slow motion. And then the following day, it was like was we calm. were we were calm. It was it, everything was kind of okay. And we didn't know what happened. And there were strangers praying for us as well. But we didn't know any of that. Nobody told us we're praying for you. Nothing. Because at that time there was no phone connections, you see. And it is like that study or those studies where they, they got strangers to pray for patients. It's really amazing. It also must have been very traumatic. That's the thing. It was traumatic. The whole situation was very traumatic. It was like kind of the difference between night and day, but yet nothing had happened in relation to my daughter's condition. It was still the same, but with us, Mm -hmm. something had changed Mm -hmm. and we didn't know what until we came back home and then we were told that all these people had been praying for us. What a fantastic story. You folks have had such an interesting and tangible experience with the power of prayer. I know it has really influenced you in how you see prayer and how you see coming together with other people for praying. And I know, for example, that you um, are great um, advocates of devotional meetings where people from all religions and none come together to um enter into that kind of prayerful space. We used to have devotions in our home and it, they were great and everything. So we kind of set a routine for ourselves and it's, everything is personal. So you could go to another home and you might have maybe, it might be just prayers or readings. Other places, there might be music, live music or prayers and readings. In other places, it could be just maybe rec- records or you know recordings or whatever and readings. And that's what I love about this is because everybody's input is important and it can be different in any, any place you go to because it's the person's unique way of celebrating prayer and devotionals. Yeah. So Kevin and myself decided that we would um, do the devotionals in the Hunt Museum and open it up to the public. Now, when we decided to do that, we were so anxious and nervous about what if people don't show up? What if loads of people show up? What if people don't like it? Right. And all these things were kind of coming into our head as we were discussing it. Then I just said, we need to let it go. We just need to be. We need to provide the space and then allow it to unfold naturally. And as it turned out, its natural unfolding was very successful, wasn't it? People really liked them. What we used to do was to pick the prayers over the over the week and then we'd bring them in and people would, would pick out the ones that they would like to say and they would be from maybe, you know, the Christian background, Baha'i, Native American. We'd have John O'Donoghue, we'd have poems that kind of thing. And then people could bring their own as well. Whatever they felt moved to do during the week, they would kind of do it. And that worked very, very well in the hunt. And then, of course, we had the onslaught of uh, the pandemic. 
And it kind of, obviously, we couldn't do that again. So Yeah, obviously you couldn't. So I guess it was kind of back to the drawing board for you folks, was it? When we finished, we were kind of at, at a loose end, you know. There was nothing there to fill the gap, really. And then with this connection with Zoom came online, things started happening, devotional started happening around the country, uh, meetings. What we started to do then was invite people on, the same people then they used to come to the hunt then started coming um, to the Zoom meetings. Again, they would choose whatever readings or prayers or poems or whatever they felt was relative for them at that particular time, maybe in the day or, or the week, that they'd like to share with the other with the rest of the group. And we kind of it kind of progressed from there. So you successfully managed to move your devotional from the Hunt Museum where people were able to meet each other in person to a Zoom virtual meeting where they can come together and chat, but they can't meet in person for obvious reasons. So what do you think that people still get from it, even though it's now on Zoom and no longer a face-to-face meeting? So it is both a spiritual and social connection, and people look forward to it. We say prayers, we read poetry, tell stories, and we have some uplifting music as well. On the social side of it, we inquire after each other, how we are getting on, how was your day, does anybody need any help in any way? Sounds great. I think it's about the connection. I think the connection is very, very um, important that we kind of probably overlooked, maybe we took for granted, I suppose, over the years. But now we recognize the fact that we are community minded. So therefore, we want to connect. And therefore, we, if we want to connect with each other, we also want to connect with the higher power or the spiritual being or the essence of the spirit or, you know, the creator or whatever it is that you would say that is your data, whatever that would be for you personally. And it's about connection. Everything is about connection. So we're all just kind of like a web. We're on this web and literally, but this this could be the spider's web that we're part of. And if the web is broken, it won't work the same way as it would when it's all kind of in unison. And it's about that, that creation. So therefore, we're, we're building into that creative force. We're part of the creative force, whether we're aware of it or not. And once then, I suppose, we're there and connecting with each other, it's kind of, it expands it even further. It expands it out even further. I think you're not wrong, Marie, about the connections between us and how important it is to maintain those connections, no matter what's going on. Thanks, Milling folks for sharing your your insights about all of these endeavors and these experiences. I think now before we finish, we have a bit of a treat from you where you're both going to share some prayers, perhaps a song. When I was praying before about healing prayer, you know, I was saying some people don't get well, but they discovered spiritual healing as well, you know. <laughs> we need spiritual healing in our lives. It is not just physical healing. That's why I really love this prayer. I'll try this now and see. Thy name is my healing, O my God, and remembrance of Thee is my remedy. Nearness to Thee is my hope, and love for Thee is my companion. Thy mercy to me is my healing, and my succor in both this world and the world to come. Thou verily art the all-bountiful. 
the all-knowing, the all-wise, Paola. This is um, a piece that um, is absolutely, for me, it is a beautiful piece and it really sums up where we're at. Um, and it, go, it is, never lose thy trust in God, be thou ever hopeful. For the bounties of God never cease to flow upon men. If viewed from one perspective, they seem to decrease, but from another, they are full and complete. Man is under all conditions, immersed in a sea of God's blessings. Therefore, be thou not hopeless under any circumstances, but rather be firm in thy hope. Abdu'l-Baha. That, that was really lovely. I just want to thank you both very sincerely for coming and sharing your thoughts and your stories and your insights not to mention your prayers and your songs with us. It's been fantastic and a most enjoyable chat. Thanks so much for coming along and chatting with us on Cora. Thank you so much, Trish. Thank you. God bless. Bye. Cora. The Conversations Podcast. <laughs>